0: to the food talk show hi there my name is sue nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink i'm not even going to introduce jane i'm just going to tell you what i'm doing now jane i'm actually eating a steak and ale pie it's actually for my breakfast. <laughs> what are you up to? I'm
1: just Gosh, about to dive into a sausage roll for my breakfast. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And when you said hi, I thought you were going to say pie because oh. that's what we're doing, aren't mm. we? We're having pie heaven today. We're talking all about
0: pies, how to make pies, why pies are so amazing. I'm gonna. I'm hoping that you're going to tell me what we could drink with a good old pie.
1: Oh yes, I've got whether some good suggestions.
0: It's, um, pie and mash, or pie chips, peas and gravy. <laughs> Um, And I'd better introduce you, really. So this is Jane Paynton, my fellow presenter, who is tucking into a sausage roll for breakfast. And she is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider. In fact, she's a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject. And our experts today are... Callum Franklin of the Hoban Dining Room, who I went to visit, and Matthew Botley of Kentish Maid. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Now, you are, we just love you here because Matt arrived about 10 minutes ago to the studio with two huge boxes of hot pies, um, which is why we just can't resist them because they're still hot. We just love you. (laughs) We can barely speak without talking in, aren't we? For breakfast. uh, So, I'm eating the steak and ale pie at the moment. Now, what really strikes me about this, because I adore pie. I mean, pies. Pies make me happy. I would say mm, they're a happy too. food. What I really like about this pie, Matt, is it looks like it's been homemade. Um, and I know you're you're you know you're called Kentish Made the company, but the the gravy and the meat and the way the the pastry has been sort of crimped around the edges. It makes it look like you've sort of
1: done it yourself. If you were a bit of an expert, Jane, speak. Well, I agree because also the ingredients are so big chunkiness. Mm. They're not cut in that uniform fashion that you would get if you were eating an a industrialised pie. There's a real handmade, homemade sense to them and that makes them even more special. I think that's me. what I mean. It mm. feels like you'd be really good at it, but mm. that's what I mean.
0: So... I'm. I've just been eating steak and ale, which is gorgeous. I mean, I'd be really proud of myself if I made that. Big chunks of meat, um, absolutely delicious. Um, I think I've got this. Is award-winning one, Matt. This is the chicken
2: brie and cranberry.
0: Brie and cranberry. Right. Can I really go? Now, what made you sort of put those combination of flavours together?
2: Uh, it's quite a classic uh, New Zealand one, actually, and we obviously take inspiration from all around the world. Uh, especially down under because the Australians and the New Zealanders are pie fanatics. Are they? Yeah, massively, massively. I thought
0: it was just a British. Thing. No, not
2: at all. They are the biggest pie eaters in the world. Um,
0: wow, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, so you should take inspiration from them because I'm are always looking for new things. And yeah, the, that's the what other I'm thing
0: coming. that um, I've got here is I've got one of your vegetarian pies. Now, again, for me, which I don't understand with restaurants because sometimes I think restaurants are really not very imaginative when it comes to, to vegetarian food. A vegetarian pie is a thing of beauty. I don't understand why more of it's not on, not on the menu. So what vegetarian pies do you do? I've got one here in front of me.
2: So the one you got in front of you is a mushroom and spinach one. Um, we enhance that with some local Biddenden cider because we're based in Biddenden ourselves, so we're yeah. trying to incorporate some local aspects to our products. Uh, that was quite nice. It's quite creamy. Uh, we also do a spicy butterbean one, which is a great vegan product. Uh, we do a ghost cheese and sweet potato one. Uh, We do a sweet potato and tomato one. So we do try and cater for that market because it is a big market. It's a growing market. Um, and we we try and cater for it as well. And and also, as for
0: say. me, um, mushrooms, you know, are quite meaty in themselves. You know, I not very marmy, aren't they? Mm, I don't yeah. think you'd miss it particularly if you've got a great gravy that goes with it. No, I um, agree. Have you finished eating
1: now? Well, I want to eat more, but I'm <laughs> going to just take a break so I can actually <laughs> do my job and talk to you.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you some facts, um, uh, Jane, about pies, uh, and I'm going to ask um, Matt after that how how we make the best pie in the world. So. Did you know that we eat around 36 pies a year on average in the UK? Gosh, that's, and that's, that's mostly me. me. Not, <laughs> that's <laughs> not a far off one <laughs> a week, is it, I guess. Um, a typical adult in, the life, in, in their lifetime will eat over 2,000 pies a piece. Two thousand pies, mm-hmm. and uh, Northern Ireland tops the charts uh, within the UK. About ten percent of people eat at least six pies a month. That's where you need to go, Matt. Northern yeah.
2: Ireland. It's been the export. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so Matt, tell us a little bit about Kentish Made. So, I know it's a family-run company, um, and it's been going, I think, since two thousand and one. It's great. Um, is it? Is it part of your family?
2: It is. It's myself. And my parents are set it up in two thousand and one. Uh, interestingly, we didn't actually set up to make pies. It almost happened by accident. Really? Uh, yeah, we set up to do some up-rocket ready meals and things like that. But someone asked us to make some one day, uh, about two years in, I think it was. And we made 12, and they came back the next day and said, They oh, were fantastic. Can you make us small? So we made, made them 24 the next day. And it sort of snowballed from there, and we now make sort of between four and six thousand every day. Every day, every day, yeah. So, oh
0: well, the, the twenty you bought here then won't make any <laughs> difference. Oh, wow. Okay, and and so how do you set the factory up? So so you've got you've got people making the pastry, and That's then right. you've got people making the filling. So how does it work? And we when we sort of walk in,
2: so everything's done in house. Um, so we've got a butcherage department, which butchers well at meat. Hence what you said earlier about the unevenness. Not the unevenness, but the size variation, because it's hand cut. It's not machine cut, yeah, it's good. hand cut. Hmm. Um, so obviously that does all the meat prep. Uh, then we've got a kitchen area, which then makes the fillings. So the fillings are, are cooked and then they're chilled down. Um, and then they're put into trays and taken up to our main pastry area. All pastries made in-house. We've got seven different pastries we make um, on a daily basis. And then the, we have machines that combine the freshly made pastry and the chilled filling. Uh, to a unbaked product and then they're either sent out as unbaked product or they're baked off ready for
0: packing in a packing room. And can you buy them if you're an individual, is it do you Absolutely. just sell to the to, to the you know to retail and pubs and things?
2: Uh, no, we do sell into retail. Uh, so if you want them at home, then we stock throughout Kent, and a list can be found on our website. Yeah. But we also do a lot of food service work as well into the pub chains and restaurants and hotels and things.
0: <laughs> so do some pubs pretend that they've made them themselves? Oh, I do. I can't reveal where. Uh, <laughs> can't reveal
2: my <laughs> I customers. But that uh,
1: happening, because they look like they are homemade. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I looked at them and thought, oh gosh, they've been homemade. <laughs> Fundamentally, they're
2: still made in the same way as you would make them at home. Uh, We haven't lost the thing of scaling up. We try and keep them as they were nice as possible originally 18 years ago and we started making them by hand. Um, So we try and keep that philosophy of make uh, them uh, look homemade and it
1: shows
0: actually mm, it, really it really shows does. and that
1: makes it more of a premium product I think as well because you you don't get a sense that these are factory made you get a sense that humans have had the hands on them and have made them with personality and mm. and don't. love
2: well the interesting thing is I can tell who's crimp hand crimped them by the crimp really because everyone's slightly different yeah genuinely <laughs> yeah I can <laughs> well, tell th- who's done them
1: oh so <laughs> it's like a fingerprint <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> finger, finger crimp it yeah. is
2: basically a fingerprint I can tell from looking at them who's done it um, um,
0: that's amazing. That, yeah. So tell me, uh, just talk me through the different types of pastry. Um, so obviously you've got some, you've got some sweet pies here as yes. well, which we haven't tasted yet. So so um, you've got cherry, apple, all that sort of stuff, and of course Kent is amazing at fruit, so, yep. so that's a good one. Just talk me through, you know. So uh, short crust pastry, H- how's that made? What what is it made up of?
2: Very um, very easy, really. Uh, it's just flour. Uh, we use a margarine um, for the fat content on it. A little bit of salt, water. Um, and that's a bait really. It. To us, that's it. Yeah. And
0: and uh, do do you do puff pastry at all? Because puff pastry is incredibly difficult.
2: We do a flaky. We don't do a full puff. We do a flaky, which yeah. is what the sausage rolls are, are done with, um, just to give it a nice lift and bite.
0: And so, how do? What's the difference between flaky and, and short crust then, in, in terms of the way it's made?
2: Just the process, basically. With a short crust, you mix in the margarine into the mixing bowl stage with the flour and water to make it into a crumb. Uh, with the flaky pastry, you make a sort of dough first and then you put the laminated fat through as you fold the product. So I'm using my hands here bit to try and like explain. A, a bit like a croissant in a way. You, Basically, yeah. You, you so, same principle. a layer principle. Of yeah, dough, like, then a layer of butter exactly. or
0: whatever it is, margarine, then a layer and layer and layer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, my favourite, one of my favourite meals in the world is steak and kidney pudding. Right, okay. I do make them at home, but obviously take forever. Do you do do puddings?
2: We can't make them fast enough. There's a massive market for (laughs) it, to be honest. Uh, It's
0: it's just a time-consuming thing.
2: Absolute labour of love. I will say that completely. (coughs) We we make about 800 a day. And they're an absolute labour of love because they have to be steamed. We do it the old-fashioned way.
0: So, so take me through the procedure then. So, so you obviously got the filling, which 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 I understand.
2: Yeah. So it's a traditional beef suet, It's not a vegetarian. Yep. So it's it's an old fashioned beef suet again. Good. So yeah, we do things traditionally. The machine will then press out the, the the sort of shell or such. The filling will be added, and then they're, they're wrapped over, uh, and then steamed for two hours. Taken out, debold, It is a quite a process. Yeah. And a and labour then, of love.
0: And then when people get them home, do they just steam them for a little and while? They
2: can microwave them. All fully cooked. So you literally take them out of the packet and ping them for three minutes.
1: <laughs> I think you're gonna stop cooking them at home now, Sue, because you've now yeah. found your sauce. I know,
0: I know, I know. I, know. I, I I quite
1: like steaming
0: them, I have to say. Yeah,
2: you can um, still do that, but obviously they are fully cooked, so they're the nicest possible. What you're way, trying least, to
0: say is just, why are you bothering? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Now, Jane, if if we've got we've got a very chunky, lovely um steak and ale pie here. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've got to have, you can't, I'm not a great fan of chips with pies. I'm afraid it's mashed potato for mm-hmm. me because I like the, the contrast between that sort of creamy mash and a great pie with some gravy oozing out and and then maybe a little bit of a crunchy vegetable like, I don't know, mongetto or peas or something like that. Mm. What would you drink with that? I know you're going to say beer. I don't even know why I've asked actually. Well, I'm
1: going to surprise you and oh. not surprise you because I'm going to also give you a, a red wine to drink. What you're doing, you are matching the pie. You're not matching the to or the mash. You're going to ma- match with the pie. So the pie has got a lot of density and a lot of texture to it. So you need something fairly big. So yes, I'm going to say ale, but I'm going to be more specific and I'm going to go for a porter or a stout. Oh, my favourite. So, you know, you've played... Everything here. Everything, so yes. you're all happy. I'm very happy. And I know you like your red wine as well, so I'm going to go for a big tannic red wine because you need your tannins to cut through all that texture. And you need big, because this is a big pie. So big Cabernet Sauvignon, very easy to, to find. Most um, wine shops will have a Cabernet Sauvignon. That's for your red, red meat pies or game pies, big textured, big flavoured pies. But if you're having the sausage roll, for instance, I'm going to go for a cider with that one. I mean, cider and pork go really well, pork, but yeah. but the, this it, they just do, but other things do as well. But I'm just going to give you a cider match, and it's going to go. F- I'm going to go for a West Country cider again with tannins and acidity. So a single varietal, Yarlington Mill, which is an apple, or Kingston Black, also an apple. Hmm. So um, um, we've we've come to the end already. No. Uh, uh, yes, because
0: I I went to visit um, Callum Franklin from the Hope and Dining Room, and Callum is the executive head chef there. Um, he's author of The Pie Room Cookbook, which is the most beautiful photography I've ever seen in that book. It's just gorgeous. And um, he's the pie man on Sunday Brunch. Do you watch
1: Sunday Brunch? I don't, but um, I, should, I shouldn't do. Yeah. I, I know that there's a pie man.
0: Yeah, uh, Jamie Oliver describes him as the pie king. He's also um, the star of the short film The Geometry of Pie. So we're going to listen to Callum now. Uh, the thing with Callum is not only his is he... I would say restored the art of the pie from like centuries ago when there would be beautiful constructions like works of art and almost like a surprise because you wouldn't know what would be in them and they would be the centre of the table and you have a massive banquet and I think in, in some respects you're sort of bringing that back. But the reason for having this um, this particular do thing was that you you're in a film.
3: Yeah, a short film mm. that we made with... Um, at the table productions and it was they heard about where we get um inspiration for the design of the pies from which was about um kind of me growing up in London and you you speak to a lot of chefs that have restaurants out in the countryside or you know the the hills of Marbella and how they connect to those farms and the trees around them and I was like I grew up in London
0: (laughs) like me. So like, I remember the Rag and Bone Man, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, so do really. I. Like right? the rag and Bone str- Man, yeah.
3: yeah. And uh used to see him with the fridges falling off the back yeah. of his... Yeah. So I was like, how do you connect to uh, what's around us? And for me, it was like it's the architecture of London. So uh, that's what's always inspired me walking around the streets, kind of looking up and seeing buildings and seeing stuff in Stru- unusual places, mm-hmm. right? So... We talked about with these guys, kind of places like Whiteley Shopping Centre in Bayswater, mm. which is like pretty awful. It's like got <laughs> Claire's Accessories in there, and but, but the building's amazing. It's got this glass domed roof in there, which is just stunning. Yeah. And I, I wanted to design a pie based on that, and so yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's it's like, so, but like nobody
0: a- else thinks like that, Callum. Funny you,
3: yeah. And I just think it's about, for me, it was a way of highlighting stuff that you don't normally look at in London and tying it in and giving a sense of place to our food. As mm. well, which is really important to
0: me. And you your pies are so beautiful. I'm so glad you brought some in for us to look at and eat. That's, yeah, I ate them on the tube. That's so kind of you. <laughs> You've got more than eighty thousand followers on Instagram, and yeah. if you haven't been on there, you really need to go and have a look. So it's it's Callum Franklin. We'll give you um, a link from the website. The pictures there they're just stunning and beautiful. I mean, Thank they you. literally are works of art.
3: Yeah, I d- I never and they used to taste put on, like, oh.
0: amazing. Yeah, That's
3: the other thing. I, I didn't used to put anything on Instagram. And uh, it was my wife said to me, you know, you should put this food up on, on the internet for people to see. And uh, I realised that I did have an account and I looked and it had, <laughs> it had one picture of my ex-girlfriend on.
0: Oh, well done. So
3: my wife was like, <laughs> get rid of that and they us start putting some stuff online. And uh, yeah, and it just took off. People like brown food. It's the brown food revolution
0: mm yeah and if anybody's mm. read sort of the history of British food, you know that the some of these they'd be so beautifully elaborate mm. i mean literally people would mm. bake animals into pies so that people cut into it, and you know a bird would fly out, which is where the you know the old sort of nursery rhyme comes from. Um so general, you know, four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie, that, that they would actually do that and mm. it'd be these amazing, beautiful constructions, wouldn't they?
3: Yeah, it's slightly disruptive doing that in my restaurant <laughs> nowadays.
0: No, I won't. Wow. So I'm just gonna tell you a few little history things of, of pies first. Um basically, uh, some people say that everything used to be a pie to eat. Mm. Slight exaggeration. Um but because the shell would often act as a bowl. Mm. And actually you wouldn't you weren't supposed to eat it. Um it, it would act as a bowl um to be filled with whatever, uh, seafood, meat, but, but too tough to eat and and designed to be thrown away. Shakespeare, apparently, 74 scripted deaths, Shakespeare, uh, uh, in, through uh, 38 plays. There are 30 stabbings, killing people in Shakespeare plays, and uh, four poisonings and three beheadings. But in Titus Andronicus, Titus sought revenge on Queen Tamora and her family for their evil acts by baking her sons into a pie.
3: Mm. <laughs> It'd be quite, <laughs> it's quite technically difficult to put someone live into a pie and to sort of cook them in it, though, surely. Because yeah, pastry's bit. quite soft, you like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In 1644, Oliver Cromwell banned pies because he declared that they were a pagan form of pleasure. Yeah, the ban stretched across Christmas food like mince pies... Uh, and I'd imagine people were not particularly happy about that. Um, but it lasted all the way until 1660. Pies were banned. Mm. I bet there was an underground pie trading system going on. And the Guinness World Record for the most expensive meat pie ever sold goes to the Fencegate Inn in Lancashire, which sold its pie for um, £8,195 or £1,000 a slice to eight guests on 2000 uh, in 2005 it was made from 500 pounds worth of japanese wagyu beef chinese matsutake mushrooms which are so precious they're harvested under guard winter black truffles french bluefoot mushrooms sold at 200 quid a kilo gravy made from two bottles of vintage 1982 chateau mouton rothschild and topped with edible gold leaf
3: that's disgusting it's, it's just publicity right
0: i would it's, think so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. So, that's why it's not food is it cuz it's just silly And um, here's a call-out to Harry's Bar in Wigan. Um, The annual World Pie Eating Championship has been going since 1992. Um, Originally, contestants... uh, This is pretty gross, actually. ..had to attempt to eat as many pies as possible within the given time limit. But this was changed in 2006 in order to meet government-healthy eating guidelines. So, much healthier, obviously, and, and much less risky. Now what they do is it's a race in which competitors vie to eat a single pie in the least amount of time. I mean Um, Wigan's famous for pies though got really good pies up there given all that history why move into pies particularly literally was it a bit of inspiration from architecture or is it something that you just found you were really good at
3: yeah I, I enjoy sort of crafted old school food I always have and I'm not um like a cool chef I'm not someone who's cooking over open coals with Covered in tattoos. And yeah, so, so you're and, not
0: like a faffy sort of chef with foamy bits, are you? That's not like you.
3: And I, I probably about sort of four or five years ago, I I just had to, and, and just about enough confidence in myself to stop looking at what other people were doing and just to be happy and say, I'm going to cook what makes me happy. And that's it. And uh, and it was pies, it was sort of old school British food. And um, that moment of sort of clarity and being able to just focus on that um allowed us to do something quite well i think and um people showed interest in it and i just kept pushing it and pushing it and then i thought really no one's focused on pies in a way of sort of looking at it and elevating it mm. slightly but not for a while anyway not since sort of the royal banquets mm. and whatever so let's try and do that and um go deeper into the history of it and and the connecting it to london as well and uh there's a general sort of liking of pies across the UK i think it's very rare that i speak to someone and they're like actually i can't stand pies it's very rare so again
0: it's somebody i wouldn't like i know in my heart i just wouldn't like them
3: yeah so I kind of i'm fairly <laughs> onto a winner with it but pies in like in the us it's they have sweet pies they don't have savory we don't count them though. yeah but and so it's It's quite rare to tap into other cultures where they say, yeah, like, we love pies.
0: Because America you don't get pies. You get sweet pies, apple pie, but you don't get pies, do you? No. I recall. And is it doing well at at the Hope and Dining Rooms? It's it's really attracting attention. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, what I did was I I didn't just go all cards on the table and say, look, we're just doing pies now. So, you know, like it or lump it. We went in. On one pie, and then we introduced a second and the third, and I just sort of gauged how it went down with our guests, and it always went well. So it took a period of time to get there, but it's worked. That'd be, I don't know, a little but bit. Is, sort of wild but it is fine that,
0: dining. It's hmm. absolutely fine dining. I would describe it would as, you? yeah, not in a Ponzi way, but it's it's yeah. it's incredibly. Good I think it's beautiful food, surroundings. Well yeah. done, in like a bit of a posh place. Yeah, um, but you can you can get a takeaway sausage roll.
3: Yeah, that's it, right? In a brown uh, bag through a window that yeah. has
0: pie hole written on it. And so, they are now. If you're if you're gonna have a sausage roll, that is where you go and have mm. a sausage roll. So, um, just describe some of the other pies that you have at Hoban Dining Room. Okay, because so, you haven't bought any, so you have to describe
3: them. So, on in the restaurant, we have five types. So we have uh chicken girol mushroom and tarragon pie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a creamy one, just a chicken stock that we poach the chicken in tomato make the sauce. Uh, and then we have a hot pork pie, which. Like Is that, that proper raised, raised Yeah, pork raised pie. pork pie right in a hot water pastry. Now, for me, that's my favourite pie in the world. And it was, um, like, all pork pies should be hot, I think.
0: Yeah.
3: right. It changes. The same changes Completely. within that's,
0: it. And what else have you got on
3: the menu? Oh, uh, yeah. So we have uh, curried mutton mm-hmm. pie. And that was based on, um, I was in New Zealand, where they have a big pie culture. And, um I had like a curried lamb pie at a motorway service station. <laughs> pie shops everywhere. Yeah. I love it. And um it I had this curried lamb pie and I was like, that's quite fun. Kind of nicked the idea a little bit. And I said, well, let's do it back in London, but let's elevate it. So we use lamb sh- uh, mutton shoulder, dry age it, oh. cook it slowly overnight. Um, you know, really good pastry. And and it was also the day that I got engaged to my wife. So it has that's a little soft spot. I have a soft spot for that pie. Um and then we have a steamed steak and kidney pudding. You
0: see now that, uh, that is just uh, for me. That is probably the best dish in the whole of the UK. Ah, oh, traditional, you go. as in a traditional. Yeah, st- proper suet, steam it for four or five hours. Yeah, great gravy. Just, kidneys, kidneys is... no contest. Really, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really. That's...
3: That's it's, a commitment. It's,
0: it's gorgeous. It's like the most comforty, comforty.
3: Yeah,
0: and most. I mean, getting really good suet. Yeah,
3: you know, it's, it's an art. And there's a trick to the suet pastry. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. a
0: slightly crunchy, or are you nice? Yeah, no, I
3: quite like that. A little so, bit.
0: Uh, into, yeah, I do as well. yeah. Gravy.
3: but it's it's an interesting thing. When we first put it on our menu, I was like, "How do we make it look a bit prettier than it kind of is?" And the truth is you can't, right? So no matter what you could put, like, I don't know, some cool, like, oil. So literally the only way you can make it look pretty is just by putting lots of gravy on it. Mm. And that's it. And uh, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what about the dessert side of the pie?
3: Yeah. So winter we always do uh, a really good apple pie. And that is one of the only pies where we really don't pay much attention to detail or anything in it because for me like the magic of an apple pie is that really sort of crusty top with you know demerara sugar and then when you put vanilla ice cream on it or you put custard on it it's just it's all about the top it's the crunch and uh so that's one that we keep it sort of very natural and, and homely looking um it's the yeah the the runt of the family probably but i only do it in the winter um and we do lemon Lemon tart, which is kind of pie-ish.
0: I have a real reverence for pies because mm. I do think they are extraordinarily British and I don't think there's much cuisine that is. But, you know, when I have friends from abroad who come over here, you know, you think, well, what is British? Some say, oh, can you take me for Sunday lunch? Well, yeah, I will, but I can make that at home, you know, and, and for me, that's a family meal. It's not going-out meal. Um, but pies... That's completely different. This, this has got massive history to it, you know, from, from hundreds of years ago. And, um, yeah, and it's beautifully done. It's simple but beautifully, beautifully done. And that's the key to great cooking for me is not messing around with <laughs> stuff you don't have to mess around with. Yeah. Just do it very, very, very well. To be fair, it's not just you, is it? You, you, you're very proud of your team that you work with and you've got some amazing, um, very talented um, chefs who work with you, haven't you?
3: Yeah. So I have a, we have this kitchen, the pie room where um, all of the savoury pastries made for the restaurant and the retail and everything. And there's a team in there run by a chef called Knox, uh, who's been with me for five and a half years now. And she's just super talented at pastry. She's probably actually a lot better than I am. She does it day in, day out. And um, we do sort of events all over the world now together. And she's starting to branch off to do her own stuff, which is amazing for me, mm. seeing her sort of fly
0: Good luck, um, Callum and um and, and, a, and a call out to Knox as well. She's she's um, part of the team yeah, uh, at um Dining Room. That was amazing, wasn't it?
1: He's oh, so He's such a character. Um, <laughs> he's he's a bit mad, I think. He's a bit mad. I've been to the Holborn Dining Rooms and to the hotel and it's just really fab. Oh, it and is. I love the way he elevates the pie into something so fabulous.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not sort of um, I don't know what would I say it's not pretentious I don't find it's just really really good it charges about five times
1: more than you Matt I
0: suspect, so yeah
2: <laughs> and we're all slightly mad just yeah,
1: he must be. <laughs> I think his rent's be. a bit more than yours <laughs> yeah. Down yeah,
0: yeah, in there. I suspect yeah. so yeah his it rent's <laughs> far more than yours um, so Matt if anybody wants to get hold of Kentish made pies and we would heartily recommend them wouldn't we Jane oh, God, I mean absolutely. we don't just say that on this programme I do quite often say if I don't like something um, they are really really good Um. They just go on your website and you yep. can check out, um, you know, all the different um supplies that you have.
2: Yeah, what we do obviously, we have a full list of stockists on there. Uh, we, we stock into Kent and Essex and Sussex and only the southeast corner, really. But yeah, yeah you can find us on one the details on our website.
0: And if you're a restaurant, uh, you're a hospitality venue or or football, that's another one, football stadium. We do wow. a few, we do a few, yeah, uh, yeah. Then, um, you, you know, why are you not ser- serving uh, Kentish Maid? I would ask that question. Well.
2: Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so would I. Oh,
0: definitely. Really good. I, I quite enjoyed the old um, sausage roll as well, Jane. Oh, I love them all. And the great thing is that we have some left over, <laughs> don't we? Yes. So, shall I just crack on because then we can tuck in? <laughs> so, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, uh, which is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield. And, uh, well, we're available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Jane Payton, and to our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. Next week, Jane, right up your street, uh, we're visiting the amazing Copper Rivet Distillery. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to be using your taste buds to do a tutored gin tasting. So, you're going to teach me. And willing. Brilliant. Uh, Don't forget, we've got hundreds of podcasts going back years on our foodtalk.co.uk. And I hope you have a good week. Bye bye.